Yo, I'm coming from that 3-6, so that's why I got them brain spinning. Ain't nobody using blinkers, we ain't good at lane switching. Better get a plane ticket, I ain't flying all you chickens though. Always shoot my shot, better switching off the pick and roll. Dishing off the give and go, all my squad is driven so you can catch us on the road. Promise we ain't doing shows, so that means if you ain't with us. Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Peeps and Plaid podcast. I'm Christian Gamaling. I'm talking with co-host Austin Caphammer and our second ever guest, Keith from the Trailcasters podcast. Yeah. We are talking all things Blazer basketball. The Blazers are at 39 and 26, good for fifth place in the Western Conference. We're currently out of the home court section of the playoff seeds, fifth place, but we're just one day removed from being the third seed in a three-way tie with the Thunder and the Rockets. It's tight right now. In this episode, we're going to be going over recent Blazer games. We're going to discuss the playoff outlook for the Blazers, what seed they might end up in, who our opponents could be, and what we should be hoping for as Blazer fans to give us the best shot at going far this year. So let's start off with the recent games. The Blazers had one of the longest and most successful road trips in their history, winning five games, losing two, losing to the Raptors, and losing to the Grizzlies. What are your guys' thoughts on the road trip and uh, the recent loss to the Thunder as well? Well, guess first. (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's always uh, always rough to to review right after a, a series of losses, right? It never feels quite as nice to a uh, review after the loss to OKC and loss to Memphis as it would have been. Be like, yeah, you know, end that uh, end that road trip on a six and one record, and then come home and beat Thunder as well. You know, like probably right. at that point being sole owners of uh, third place in the West. But as we've seen, this pretty much shifts around every day. I'm not I'm not too worried, honestly. I feel like we. Uh, I'm just going to say it right now, I'll come out with it, and I'm not sure if we're getting to this later, but I feel like uh, we're going to hold on to home court. I think we got it. One of the top four. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, I, w- I would say definitely top four at the very least. You know, I don't I don't know uh, how achievable that those top uh, two, that, that two seed, uh, I think that's a little bit more elusive now at this point. Um, but, you know, I'm honestly even surprised at, you know, there's there's definitely a drop off between eight and nine uh, in in the West, but I'm I'm, I'm looking at the six through the eighth seed, and you know those guys are tied too, just about. I mean, they all got 37 wins aside from the Jazz uh, having just a couple less losses, but you know it's like you said, Keith, it's tight. Well, what about uh? I mean, I don't know. I feel like uh, Cantor and Hood, kind of the new additions, probably mm-hmm. kind of keeps it a little above those bottom seeds, and I feel like that's kind of what is he really giving me the confidence for holding on the top end. Uh, and as, as far as the games is last week, I, I don't know, the game last night, how about uh, Cantor's debut in the Rose City? Hmm. Well, <laughs> that's a little bit yeah. desired. <laughs> I, I mean, as I was watching, I mean, later in the game, obviously there was the foul trouble with Nurk. Eventually he was kicked out of the game. Um, I wasn't happy with Cantor in the lineup. I tweeted about it as, like, if he's not the focal point of the offense, I saw someone else say that. Say that. If he's not the focal point of the offense, he's too much of a liability on defense to keep him in, in my opinion. Um, he, I mean, he's good on the offensive boards, but he kept on coughing it up after he'd get him. So, I mean, in those situations, I want to give Zach Collins a chance um, if we can't play Nurk and we're relying on Ennis Cantor against another really good center. Um, I want to give... Zach Collins a chance to see if he can hold up defensively because Cantor just seemed like a liability last night. But, you know, there, there was a lot of times where he played well, but down the stretch of the game, like we, we were stuck with him in overtime and Stotts ended up putting in Myers Leonard for a bit. I just, yeah. 
it's it's tough. I mean, That's, I think our team is a lot better having Cantor. I but think I think you're right. Yeah, I think I think Zach. You know, he, he doesn't need to be completely phased out of the offense. You know, he's he's still got to be he's still got to be getting his reps at some point. Um, he just does too much for us on both ends. You know, I think and, and you know, some of it is, you know, just Cantor working into into the system and, and getting used to it. But um, one narrative that I, I'm curious to hear both of your thoughts on is, um, you know, we've heard how the Nurk Dame combo is one of the uh, more assisted upon uh, pairings in the league. Um, we kind of saw that uh, be a bit of a double-edged sword last night. I mean, it, it kind of, it kind of, we don't really see a lot of our other centers operate in our offense quite to the point where Nurk is, and it, it concerns me because you know going forward, especially as a young player, and I don't want to say he's hot-headed, but just as a young player, it makes you wonder what happens when you're on the on the biggest stage, and 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 this happens. You know what happens when he maybe falls back into that old Nurk foul trouble, early foul trouble. Yeah. Well, I'll say it. Uh, Nurk is definitely hothead. He he's definitely the guy that uh, he has that swagger. He has that kind of swing for uh, going up against Paul George last night at the very end of that. Uh, what regulation was that? Yeah, yeah. I uh, mean, that was just a couple minutes left in the fourth. I think at that point, the mm-hmm. trouble was that the, the trouble was the headbutt, as Reggie put it. I'm not really sure if I call it a headbutt or not, but yeah, it's, it's, unfortunately, it, it is going to be worthy of attack. Like whenever you see someone make head-to-head contact like that, that's probably going to be the call they get. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I'm not mad at him for like if you, if you saw Paul George before that happened, like he's talking some trash. I don't know what mm-hmm. was said, but he definitely is following Nurk. He kind of like turns with him. Nurk was walking away and turns back to this, and you, you're not going to back down. None of these guys in the NBA are going to back down from that kind of thing when it happens. And, and I don't know. And you got to wonder if if that whistle was blown right when uh, George started chirping, would that headbutt have ever occurred? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, early enough. Yeah, and you know, I Reggie Reggie did make a. This is this is excruciating to even give him credit after watching that game last night. But he made a he made a, a good point in saying, well, you know, if a flagrant can't be called if there's no foul on the floor, if there's no whistle. But that's he, he's got to address the follow up point to that, which is why wasn't there a whistle? Right, and oh, actually, as this uh this applies to the earlier one too with Paul George elbowing Nurk that didn't mm-hmm. get called. Oh yeah. It couldn't be reviewed, and that was the the kind of key to that. If that had been reviewed, I feel like it probably would have been something that maybe he earns his first flagrant. And if that happens, maybe he doesn't feel comfortable enough later on to be mouthing off to Nurk underneath the hoop at the end of the game. Right. Yeah. One one thing about this situation, my hope is in the playoffs, Nurk has a bigger sense of where things are. And I'm happy to see this, see this from Nurk as much as I wanted to win that game. Um, I'm happy to see him sticking up for himself, you know, being kind of that bad boy, that enforcer. Um, but in the playoffs, I, I'm hoping Damian Lillard is a strong enough leader. I know he's a, about as strong a leader as it gets, but that he can convince Nurk like, hey man, you got to reel it in. We've, we've established who we are as a team, who we are as players. We're here to win this game right now. Um, so my hope is that we won't have that same problem in the playoffs, but we've seen how Draymond Green had, can derail a series for the Warriors. So, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I think it's important too. You got to remember, even like look at the game against Golden State before the All Star break. We saw Zach Collins getting ahead of Clay Thompson and Draymond Green, and eventually Steve Kerr. Oh yeah, everyone is vulnerable <laughs> for this. I loved it. I loved seeing <laughs> oh. that man. 
Yeah, it was beautiful, right? Maybe yes. that's another reason to bring Zach Collins back into the game, get him some more minutes in the rotation. Seriously. But I agree with you that if Dame can show the leadership in the playoffs that we know he's capable of, and obviously he's strong enough, he's strong enough to drop 51 last night. Uh, if, unfortunately, that wasn't quite enough to lead the team itself. But yeah, I don't know. I, I would like to see. We've seen him before, kind of talk to Nurk and kind of get right to him. They have a good connection, and I feel like if anyone's going to be able to talk him down, kind of bring him back into the into the fold and focused, uh, Dame can do it. But you know, we'll see. I, I'm I'm just I'm not sure if I'm afraid of the the Nurk swagger or whatever you want to call it. But mm-hmm. yeah, it, it definitely has uh, some double-edged sword uh, kind of a uh, capability. So I've I've heard a lot of a collective acceptance of the losses that we've had recently. Against the Raptors, everyone's like, okay, the situation with not having Ennis Cantor, and I think Nurk was in foul trouble too, and it's against, right. you know, second best team in the league in Canada after three road games. It's just a big, like, okay, that's an acceptable loss. And then against the Grizzlies, maybe not so much, but everyone's like, hey, we're still five and two in this road trip. It's okay. You know, just acceptance of it. And now against the Thunder, it's, you know, it's a tough one. It's right there. It's in overtime. Both teams want it so bad. Everyone is so close in the West. Um, It's acceptable. But the problem is I look at this road trip and things aren't all amazing. The 76, like the Blazers beat the Nets. That's you know, maybe a coin flip. Um, it was Anders, Ennis Cantor's first game. It's in Brooklyn, and the Nets are actually a decent team this year. I still think that's a game the Blazers should win. Uh, then Blazers went to Philadelphia, and they beat them. It was the worst home loss the 76ers have had, but they yeah, didn't have— beat Yeah, beat yeah, but— With, Without Joel, Joel Embiid. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, okay. No Joel Embiid. Then they beat the Cavs, who they should beat. The Cavs suck. Uh then they what? beat the Celtics. <laughs> they beat the Celtics, who I expected better from the Celtics because they had a poor stretch. And I'm like, man, these guys are at home. They want to win this game. Um, so I was, you know, proud of the Trailblazers for beating the Celtics. Like, no, no doubt I'm proud of them throughout all of this. But it's the Celtics who were playing poorly. So it's 76ers who, you know, didn't have Joel Embiid. Celtics, who had been playing poorly, lost to the Raptors, who are amazing, of course. Uh, we beat the Hornets, who were expected to beat, and we lost to the Grizzlies. So really, there's there's not much that's excessively impressive, except for the record itself, honestly. Um, and there's there's been a lot of awesome stretches um, where the Blazers have done amazing things with amazing lineups and gone on great runs. But when you look at it as a whole and you're like, okay, 5-2, and two, that's great. But the game specifically, it's kind of to be expected. It's not all that impressive, honestly, as, as, as much as I love where the Blazers are at. I just don't know what it really means for us long term. And, okay. and I think that, uh, I think that that Celtics loss was the first uh, time we've heard Bill Simmons admit that Kyrie was lesser than Dame, right? That was awesome. Yeah. Well, and look Finally. what that's turned into as well. There's been all the discussions on Twitter, I feel like, have been, you know, everyone asking Dame versus Kyrie who was better. It's fairly unanimous at this point, where this was a question in past years that was kind of a coin flip and depend on East Coast, West Coast, who you asked. Oh, yeah. It feels at this point like people are like, no, Dame is the better player. There's not a question about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, I've, I've always said if Dame was on the Lakers, he'd be the most popular player in the league. Like, yeah. 
Oh my I, god! Wow. Like a rapper Careful, though. in don't, LA. Don't be saying that out loud either. Yeah, yeah. Hold on, I'm not gonna. Hang on, hang on. I'm cutting that out of this episode. <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out. My goodness. Yeah, but I, I've said that for years because it's like, man, no one gives this guy credit. Uh it's ridiculous. He's Listen, amazing. About the road trip, though. Uh, you mentioned kind of the games we're supposed to win. One thing we always do here, right? Win the games you're supposed to win. That that is important, and so I don't think we should down that too much. Mm-hmm. And then as far as uh, oh, I'm trying to remember how you put it, I apologize. Uh, some of these teams that we're supposed to win, but maybe it's uh, oh god, how, how much is like like with the Nets, like a coin flip or? Yeah, I, basically, I was I'm thinking of what we just lost. Uh, how we just lost to the Thunder, mm-hmm. and this is a game that we had it going it's an all the way down. Acceptable loss, yeah. Yeah, it's an acceptable loss, but it's also one of these things where the Thunder is the real test. And so it's we're coming up a little short in that, and it was close enough all the way down. It's not like we got blown out. It's not like what we did to Philly. You know, this is not some sort of game where they came in here and just ran the court all the way through. Russ talking all his trash about how he's had Dame since day one, and then you look at the stats like, no, maybe that's not really the case. Uh, I feel like we can compete on that level. This is just one sample size. Maybe that's part of why fans are kind of okay with saying, you know, they've come off a long trip and how about that as well we've only had four seven game road trips i think in the history of the franchise and none of those other records as far as five and two or uh the what six and oh trip none of those were on seven game trips this Mm -hmm. was seven games in 13 or 15 days as well so this is not something where it was spaced out uh you're away from home that whole time and honestly memphis i feel like is the one where maybe mostly what we're talking about as far as you know we're kind of justifying fans feel it's okay but other fans are like, "Come on, this is not an acceptable loss." It's Memphis, mm-hmm. we're and and yeah. hey, hey, but at the uh, you know to that point, I would say that um, Memphis isn't the same Memphis. Uh, right. Those that whole team, that whole roster has been almost flipped upside down. Um, and I'm a um, a big uh, Valanciunas, uh, Valanciunas. Oh my goodness, I don't even know. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big proponent of his. You know, I know he's got some slow feet, but um, you know they got some young athletic guys. And um, you know, I I, I would kind of I would agree with you there a little bit, Keith. I think it's a mark of a more mature team. Um, I would have liked to if I if I'm splitting hairs here, seeing something like that in the earlier part of the season. Um, it's not something we're completely unfamiliar with in the latter half. Um, but nonetheless, uh, I, I think it's good. I think that uh, this might be a little bit of a hyperbole, but Ennis missing uh, that, that trip to Toronto, I think just threw a little bit of a wrench in it. I don't, you know, I'm not going to sit there and say that's what did it for us, but I, I firmly believe with the way he first came out there on the East coast, um, you know, I have no idea if he feels a little bit more uh, settled on that side of the country, you know, given that he just got on a new team. I firmly believe that he was playing uh, at a level that if we would have had him in Toronto, that, that could have really changed that game. Um, but could have, would have, should have. Oh, yeah. No, that, that game was so close. I feel like he definitely would have swung it the other way. I don't think it's too much yeah. question about that. What you a heartbreaker. Take... What a yeah. heartbreaker, dude. <laughs> you can't take one victory away, though, as far as that game. Seth Curry's first dunk. He's on yeah. the list. <laughs> you remember that one? Oh, yeah. Everyone's like uh, questioning, is that a dunk? Was it a dunk? Was it really yep. there? Lamar's like, no, it counts. Yeah, right? That was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I love – and you know what? Just a second. I love uh, – anytime there's a national game, I make it a point to go and watch those guys. Anytime I've added those guys on Twitter, uh, they're incredibly receptive with the fans, and I think it's indicative of the culture that's that's bred here in, in, in Portland. Uh, those guys, they, you mean like other – you mean uh, Lamar and Kevin? Absolutely. 
Yeah. Yep. I love yeah. I, I love uh, Lamar and Kevin. And, you know, actually, Kevin, uh, if by any chance you ever hear this, uh, Lamar was uh, pitching you something the other day about you uh, needing to start your own podcast. We yep. <laughs> be more than happy to be your first guest. Um, you know, we'll send you an invoice. Shout out to oh, Calabro. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. Hey, uh, speaking of uh, commentary about the Blazers, can't go without talking about the Thunder game when, uh, what was it, Kenny and Chuck yes. both predicted Blazers Western Conference Conference Finals, and I think Chuck said Finals. He said the Blazers are going to the Finals. That And, and it was close at the half, too. It's not like we were beating them by 10 or anything. Like It was like, <laughs> what, we were up by one, maybe even like, I can't even remember. It was close. And... Chuck throws in the Blazers are going to the finals and I don't care what happens this season literally just hearing that made me so joyful I was so happy to hear that oh my gosh absolutely and you know I think that the fact that he said that while staring down the barrel of watching a game where we are now uh, 0-4 in the season series um, that's got to be a testament to to uh, our squad's resilience man yeah well let's let's be fair too as far as chuck and kenny how many <laughs> how, how far in were those guys at that point he may have uh, met nba western conference finals and he just said nba finals because his mind is just yeah crazy. right <laughs> oh oh man yeah you guys watch is... a oh sorry go ahead Oh, you know, that's, that's, <laughs> that's one of the truer uh, assessments of mr barkley i've heard in in, in recent months I love those guys, but the only one that's worse as far as like on air uh, uh, etiquette or or I don't know professionalism would probably be Reggie, which was also on the game last mm-hmm. night. So you had a whole uh, triad of uh, a whole triangle of just kind of uh, ex players really enjoying themselves, yeah. really having a good time. Oh uh, yeah, do you guys watch uh, the jump with Rachel Nichols? Yes, yeah. So uh, I heard you say, as far as uh, like they they were talking about that game uh, last night on their show mm-hmm. today. I caught some of this like when I came home. And they were talking a lot about kind of the headbutts and like how much of this was was realistic as far as, uh, you know, or how much it was called fairly for the Blazers as well. They kind of like talked about Nurk tripping Russ as far as the first tech and like was that really something and how much of that even we were talking earlier about the second tech that he got later. Uh, obviously, that influenced the game. How how much of it would have changed if that was not called a tech for Nurk? Uh, but they also used the word resilient, and that's the real thing. Even being 0-4 in this series with uh, the Thunder, this team. The comparison they were making was last year when we got blown up by the Pelicans. If that had happened to Toronto, we saw what Toronto did. They blew up their team. They traded away DeRozan. They took in Kawhi. And, you know, good luck to them. It kind of worked out for them so far. But our team, the Blazers, they stuck together after that sweep. Mm -hmm. And it's worked for us. And even the Pelicans now, who gave us that horrible beating last year that people are still talking about when they talk about the Blazers and don't really have other things to say, Reggie. Mm -hmm. But uh, (laughs) the Pelicans are falling apart. Anthony Davis wants out of town. Uh, Oh, yeah. Demps is gone, and yeah, that, that team is going to be a new face by the time we see them next season. I I feel like the chemistry that we have in Portland is still an underrated thing. I don't think, uh, I feel like it's getting a little more credit, but I don't think it's really uh, given enough credit as far as what we can do and how far it could take us. So I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm going to go with Chuck as far as the finals, but <laughs> conference finals, I don't think is that impossible yeah. if things fall right. And yeah. you know, I would even I would even go as far to say that uh, finals are are um, potential. It's going to be significantly higher uh, probability if OKC ends up matched up with somebody else in those earlier rounds. In my mm-hmm. opinion, 
Oh, yeah. um, as, le- as, 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 as little as I'd like to give them credit, um, just oh. given given the, the class displayed last night, um, that is just a problem child for our team. So speaking of that, let's let's get into playoff seeds and uh, potential playoff matchups. Um, I'm going to start off with playoff matchups. And today I'm going to be playing the pessimist. So just imagine me saying and scene <laughs> at the end of everything I say, because that's not normal for me. Um, advocate, huh? Here we go. Yeah, I've, I've been saying all season pretty much. I'm scared of the Thunder. Obviously, I'm scared of the Warriors. In the playoffs, I'm scared of the Thunder. This last game is a huge reason why we're 0-4 against them this season, 0-4 against the Pelicans last season. But this is a team I really don't want to see. Um, they have probably the best defensive guards in the West, in my opinion. Um, if Roberson's in, they're even scarier. Um, he's... His injury situation's been wonky. I tried to find a definitive answer. They don't know anything. Um, But Terrence Ferguson has been playing well enough that Roberson might not even get playing time if he comes back. And that's scary. Oh, yeah. I like his game, man. And and they got an athletic guy in Hamadou Diallo. I don't think he's really going to, you know, do that much to the Blazers. But Terrence Ferguson and uh, Paul George playing defense on Damon CJ, that's as close as last year's going to get as far as trapping and stopping our two best players on our team. I, I heard your podcast talking about Nurk. Um, <laughs> I'm actually with you on that one, but just uh, following from last season, it's it's scary. And and their team is deep. They have Markeith Morris now, noted blazer killer. Um, they have Nerlens Noel, who's been playing some awesome defense. You know, uh, shoot, Steven Adams? Yeah, I was about to say Steve Adams, and then I got totally thrown off. Steven Adams. Adams. Yeah, that's when he that's when he wears little Steve tie he goes into the land down under uh yeah. so good old Steve um <laughs> man that guy is not a scrub and we saw that last night when Nurk went out and we're like man how are we gonna stop this guy um their team is good they're scary they have an ama- amazing defensive guards and honestly Damon CJ I'm not saying like they're not gonna be covering Westbrook and George the whole game we'll be mixing it up as much as possible but they're going to get tired out from those guys because those are two of the most athletic guys in the league. Westbrook's probably the fastest guy in the league. Um, I do not want to be against them for four games. So starting off, teams that I don't want to see, we're most likely to play either the Thunder, the Rockets, or the Jazz. Could could switch out of that, but those three through six are fairly set. Um, and the Thunder is the team I do not want to see. What do you guys think about the Thunder? Let me ask a quick question here, actually. Yeah. Who do, you, who do you want to see less in the first round, Thunder or Golden State? In the first round? First like, round. Who do I want to see First less? or second round. So let's not say conference finals, but like first or second round, if you have to match up against Thunder or Golden State, which one do you want to avoid more? Man. I want to avoid the Thunder because I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right. Rewind. I want to avoid uh, Golden State because the the circumstance that would put us in that position would be a dramatic slide uh, to eighth seed. Oh, okay. So That's a good answer. That, we, yeah. If we were to be falling <laughs> off quite that bad, it, I really have, wouldn't yeah. want to see anybody. Oh yeah, we wouldn't stand a chance in that situation. Oh, okay, but, but, he, but let's say yeah. second round then as well included. Okay. Like let's just say as far as okay. opponent because yeah. we play we play Golden State fairly well this year. Yeah. We, we've done fairly well against them. We beat them without Nurk and not even a question in that game. I feel like now with Nurk and Canner, we have a lot of weapons here. We saw what the Thunder coincidentally did to them back in 2015 with Cantor and Stephen Adams. So yeah. 
I'm not sure. Like, it seems weird to say that I'm not as afraid of the number one seed, the reigning champs, like the guys who are like the far and away favorites to win it all, yeah. as I am of the Thunder. But that's, that's kind of where I'm at. It's this is something that somehow I didn't even think about this kind of question. And <laughs> I feel like I'm with you because for the longest time I've been like, I want the two seed, the three seed or the six seed. I don't want to face the Warriors in the first round or the second round. That's what I've been thinking. But now that you bring it up that way and after losing four in a row, I, I think we I think we can beat the Thunder in a playoff series. I think we can beat anyone in a playoff series. I don't know if it'll happen. But um, man, like. I am scared of the Thunder. I, I really would say, am. I, and and, here's and the, the Warriors part. aren't deep, and that's what we are. We're deep, and the Warriors are that's not. That's true. And that the Thunder true. just seem like this year's Pelicans for us. Like they're, they're just, yeah. just a matchup nightmare, like you said, as far as the guards. They're the closest thing to what Pelicans did to shut down our uh, our star guards. Luckily, this year we have more weapons outside of the guards, so maybe it wouldn't be as big of a deal even if, if we face that year's Pelicans yeah. again. But, yeah, if I, I don't know. What, what do you think? How, where are you well, at? Well, I would say, um, and and uh, I am I am playing the optimist today. Um, so I, I would say that there's really two ways uh, a, a game's going to go against the Thunder. Unfortunately, we've seen we flipped the coin, and all four times it's landed one. Um, but you know, the Thunder are 24th in the league in three point percentage, and also 26th in the league in personal fouls. Um, in terms of, in terms of three point shooting, uh, we're a top 10 three point squad. Um, and you know, we're second in the league in free throw percentage. So if, if, if they are undisciplined for any, you know, more than two quarters of a game, um, and, and we saw it with Dame, you know, I, I'd heard you note, um, you know, his popularity and how much he had scored last night. Uh, but I, I remember hearing a statistic of, of really the portion of that, that was coming from the free throw line. And it was, it was a large part of his contribution last night. Um, so if that's going to, if, if, yes, <laughs> Sorry. If that, if that, no, you're good. If that, if that is what we're able to see, if we're able to get to the line and hit three point shots, which was uh, seemingly abysmal last night, um, then that's a whole different game. In my mind, um, yeah. I think, I, I think that that's a whole different game, but you know, an, an interesting, another interesting thing is if we were, if we were podcasting for any other team in the Western conference, we we would be laughed out of uh, our, our podcasting uh, <laughs> venue if we were to say that uh, it's even a choice between these two teams. But you mm. know, you guys couldn't be any more right. It's it's you look at the statistics, and I've turned on uh, multiple different uh, talk shows or or, or or podcast, and the Blazers have been noted as the Warrior Killers. Um, so right. yeah, that's that's interesting. David versus Goliath. It could happen. Yes. Okay. So. Uh, you were talking about though about let's see was it uh thunder rockets and jazz right mm -hmm. i think yeah. we are all in agreement it sounds like the thunder are the problem of those three yeah i don't feel afraid of the rockets am i crazy no uh, i was not afraid of the rockets as the pessimist <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna <laughs> sorry i'm in. screwing up your whole pessimist thing here i'm like ah. <laughs> i'm like dang it he, he has too much reason i can't even uh so uh the Rockets, James Harden, enough said. Um, this team has pace, and if they're if they're making shots, they're the best team in the league. I mean, we saw it last year. Obviously, they're different. I don't want to give them any credit, but they're they're different without Ariza and Bamute. Um, 
But this team, they have amazing shooters and they have amazing pace. Um, that's one thing. Our big men, you know, Nurk's the, what, third heaviest, second heaviest guy in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, Capella is not a joke. Um, he can finish under the basket easy and um, he has the energy so he can stick mm-hmm. with their pace. I don't know if our guys can. Um, and this team is, I think they're on a six game win streak right now. So they're hot as can be. And um, I've, I've never really been too impressed with Dame in games against Chris Paul. Um, yeah. We saw it in the Clippers playoff series where when Chris Paul finally went down, the Blazers were able to close out the series. But um, I've never been too impressed with Dame. I don't know if it, it's just pressure or respect or like he's like, dang, I'm against CP3. Because, I mean, the guy's only like six foot. So yeah, um, He's a solid defender, though. Yeah, he's a solid I know. Defender. That's, that's what throws me off because Dame normally has a problem with the longer players, you know, like Chris Middleton guarding him. And, right. You know, or uh, Russ last night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or, you know, Ben Simmons. Man, I can't stand Ben Simmons. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the Rockets, if if they keep streaking like they are right now, if they keep playing really well, um, I'm scared of them. I mean, uh, we don't really have amazing defensive guards to play defense on James Harden. Like, I don't know, maybe they put Mo Harkless on him, maybe Rodney Hood. I I mean, I don't know. I, well, I, as oh, you, the guest... Hey, hey, no. <laughs> okay, just how about this? Tell me what you think of, of this. And as far as the response, I think the big difference for the Rockets is both Harden and Chris Paul rely on those fouls. They rely on pleading to the refs and uh, all the things that fans hate, in my opinion, as far as like you, you see them going up like every single call. Like, what do you mean that was a foul on me? Anytime they don't get a call, it's like, how could that not be a foul? Uh, <laughs> yep. look, that, that's that's the fan's job to argue that kind of thing. That's what I yeah. do. That's not for the players. To <laughs> uh, but I feel like in the playoffs, the big thing is you're not going to see a lot of these fouls get called. It's traditional that uh, it's, it's no. tradition that in the playoffs, they, the refs kind of like swallow the whistle a little bit more. They're going to mm-hmm. let players play a little more physical. And I think that aids us more than it aids the Rockets. Yeah. Well, well, and as the optimist here, uh, <laughs> I would say, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of spew almost a similar narrative to uh, the thunder. Um, the rock. It's so interesting when you look at some of these teams and how they stack up league wise. Um, for example, the blazers or I don't know, like the nuggets or uh, even the jazz, um, they really don't fluctuate. Uh, too much in terms of where they sit in the league in most categories, um, you know, one or two here and there towards the top or the bottom. But the Rockets, if you look at their basketball reference uh, stat line, they it's it's it is um, go big or go home. They are either uh, top uh, three in in half the categories, or they're uh, they're in the bottom three, uh, and it's. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out because they are 30th. They're dead last in the league in defensive rebounds. Um, they're 28th in total rebounds, and they're 29th in assist. Um, so the way I look, that stat, right, stat line reads to me is uh, if, if James Harden and ISO is stopped, uh, we're going to get the ball back. Uh, if, if we have the right guys on the floor, uh, if Nurkic just can't keep up, that's going to be an issue because a large portion of, I think, the Blazers' uh, total rebound success has, has, has came from his improvement this year. So it, that's going to kind of be a guinea pig. I think that's mm-hmm. – I wish I – would. I mean, do we have a game coming up with them here soon? I need to grab my schedule right now. Should have a game coming up again here soon with them. Um, it's the 8th. 
So, I mean, we got – I don't even know if we play them again. Yeah, we're done with the Rockets. We're done with them. Yeah. Yep. So that's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, they have the tie break over – both us and the Thunder, because they're division win division leaders. That's my understanding, right? Um, and and here's here's my also another concern of mine. When we played them, they it doesn't sound like they were the same team they are right now. Mm. Well, neither were the Blazers. We didn't have Cantor yet. That's or, true. Or even Hood. I think. I mean, I mean, what? I'm I'm the optimist. I don't know what I'm doing right now. <laughs> Dang it, Austin. <laughs> um, uh, you guys ready to move on to to the Jazz? Yeah. Okay, so the Jazz, they have a great team. They have a deep team. I think the Blazers might be a little deeper, uh, but they have a deep team, and Dante Exum could be coming back. He's another six foot six guard who can play some def- decent defense on Dame. Uh, but I've learned recently from Austin that Ingles is actually pretty good at defense, and he's <laughs> really good at offense too. Uh, they got Crowder. He's not a scrub. Um, but the biggest thing, obviously, Donovan Mitchell was huge in the playoffs last year. He struggled at the start of this season, and they won while he was struggling. They beat us twice. Uh, we beat them twice while he was playing better, but I don't. I think that's a little bit of an anomaly. I think he's going to be playing well. It's going to be tough for Damon CJ to guard him. Um, but the biggest thing is Rudy Gobert. Last night, I saw a lot of Dame driving to the basket hard, which was awesome. And either shooting it, you know, going up for a layup or kicking it out with a beautiful pass to, you know, Hood, Layman, whoever's on the three-point line. And I thought that was amazing. And then I thought about it and I was like, shoot, this is not going to happen against Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert will not let Dame shoot inside. Like maybe Dame will get like one poster on him. Uh, But Rudy Gobert is not going to let Dame score inside. And if Dame tries that, tries to drive right there, the defense isn't going to collapse like the Thunder defense did. The Thunder all came in at him, and he had a wide-open guy in the corner. The The Jazz know what they're doing. They know that Rudy Gobert is a force inside, and he doesn't need any help. So I think with that team, it's going to be really tough for Dame to play some on-the-fly offense. I think it's going to be all down to playmaking in order to find a way around Rudy Gobert and around you know the good defensive wings that they have. Um so I, I don't think the Jazz are an easy win either. I think I think they're extremely difficult. Um, if, you know, if Nurk gets into foul trouble early, that's actually like my big X factor is Yusuf Nurkic because Ennis Cantor is great and um, uh, Zach Collins is great at defense. Like great at offense, great at defense. Nurk's got it all and Nurk is, man, I was listening to your last podcast. It's It's so <laughs> true. I mean, like, Man, Nurkic, if, if he's on and he is not in foul trouble, he is like the most important part of, of our team after Dame. Um, and I just, I feel like Rudy Gobert is going to be tough to stay out of foul trouble against him. And he's going to have some scary defense inside. So I think the Jazz are scary too. Go ahead, Optimus. Well, you know, <laughs> I would, uh, to that, I see your Frenchman and I raise you a Turk. <laughs> so you know, he, I Nurk think and Turk. It, it'll be very interesting because Nurk's whole game, even though we've that was so, isn't it? Isn't it odd to even think back that he was shooting three pointers in, in preseason? 
I mean, he's done a couple. A, oh my goodness. Anyways, but his game, you know, <laughs> as much as as much as we'd love to sit here and say, you know, he he's a great passer. He's 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 obviously improved this season. Um, his game just doesn't seem to match up super well. Uh, just like we were talking about with Dame with those lengthy guards often with uh, with Gobert. Gobert is almost the kryptonite as as George is when we play uh, the Thunder. Um, so I am very interested to see, obviously not from right off the tip, and uh, we already discussed that uh, it's going to be pretty difficult for them to play the Nurk and Turk lineup. But, you know, what? after five minutes, uh, when they leave Gobert in there and Cantor comes in, will he stretch the floor? Will he be that guy uh, that we were looking to get, you know, two, three, two seasons ago in free agency? Um, because if so, I think that's going to be a great thing for us. You know, the Jazz are, are 28th in the league uh, in field goals attempted, uh, 22nd in three-point uh, percentage. Um, feel uh, free throw percentage. They're 26th and turnovers. They're 25th in the league. So um, it's, it pretty much boils down to, they play their slow ball, the shots they make. Uh, I mean, the shots they take, they're pretty much making. Um, but that's, that's just another one of those tough matchups, man. Um, it, it appears as though we will be not, it doesn't appear we'll be seeing them. Uh, for the remainder of our uh, oh, no. schedule. Yeah, we uh, we got blown out by them. Then we lost a close one. Then we won a close one, and then we blew them out. So it's it's been a fairly symmetrical series of games against the Jazz this season. And I think the Blazers and Jazz are very similar teams. I think mm-hmm. the Jazz have us in. Um, they they're better than us in at the wings, and we're better than them at the guards. Mm-hmm. But. Um, I think we're very similar teams. We're a little deeper in my opinion, but they might have some higher quality um, in those, you know, eight guys that they got in the rotation. Whereas we have like 10 or 11 that can play pretty well. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, the jazz are scary too. Um, what do you so, think about our bench? What do you think about our bench, Keith? I mean, how's that going to factor into this? Well, even uh, you mentioned as far as a uh, canner, if he's going to be able to spread the floor when, when Nurk leaves, right? I feel like this could be one of those matchups where we see more of Myers or Zach just as far as a rota- uh, a positional, situational mm-hmm. player. Uh, someone to spread the floor, someone to pull Gobert out. And as far as Nurk's role in this too, the four games we played, he had 10-10 and 10 and 7-10 and 10 in the first two losses, and including that, that Christmas Day blowout, right? But then in the, let's see, the win that we had on, uh, on the 21st of January, 22-8, and 8, and then the next one he didn't play. Uh, which we still beat Utah for that one. So it, it has been a split match the whole way down. I feel like this series could be one where it could go seven games. You know, this could be one where we see some uh, a loss at home and a win on the road. It, it's a total toss up either way. But I do feel like when we are on our game, uh, Nurk is able to handle Gobert, especially now that he has Kanner as a backup. And more just that Utah, for all their depth, they don't have a backup behind Gobert. They don't have someone that can come in and match Kanner the way that Gobert is going to match Nurk. Uh, I feel like this could be a matchup that could go the distance, but I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not super worried about Utah. I feel like what we've seen from them so far, compared like how we've played against them, I don't feel like they are really showing us anything that we can't handle the way that uh, we've seen from the Thunder just kind of being that nightmare matchup for us. And to your point, yeah. Christian, um, yes, uh, in years past, and, and even so, even so this season, um, the, the wings for the jazz, uh, stepping up and our guards, uh, stepping up on our end. Um, we've seen a resurgence in Mo, um, and, and, and Jake and is, 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Jake is, is has clearly stepped up. We've seen his minutes wind down here as of recent a little bit, but still contributing nonetheless. Actually, on that yeah. note, too, what do you think of uh, – I've heard some connection about Jake playing much better when E.T. has been in. When, when E.T. was yeah. out for the last five or so games is when we saw that kind of decline from Jake. Uh, and obviously, when, when E.T. came back just last night, he didn't play quite as well. He's got to maybe shake off the rust a little bit. Mm-hmm. Do you think – Jake is going to be dependent on having someone that can kind of toss him those oops. Uh, and in that, in the same sense, are we going to see, how, how do you feel about Mo? Are, I'm pretty confident in him. He's still, well, no, I guess not at this point. He was my avatar on Twitter for a while. And I kind of want to go back to that Mo shark bliss, what I had on there. Courtesy uh, oh. <laughs> of Alex Haig, actually the outsider. So shout out to her. Uh, but I do feel like headband Harkless is doing a great job, but I loved what I was seeing from Jake. And I, I just don't know how I feel about if that's dependent on having Someone to be tossing him those oops if his game can't get outside of that. I'm not sure how useful it is for the playoffs. Yeah, I, I feel like Evan Turner and Lehman are fairly codependent. I mean, Evan Turner, like, I, I can't remember if you guys talked about this, but Evan Turner is like, he needs the ball in his hands. It, it's very similar to what I was saying with Cantor, where it's like, if you're going to have Evan Turner on the floor, he needs the ball in his hands, or he needs to be on because, like, you trust him to guard Jimmy Butler. Like, he played against Jimmy Butler pretty well. Um, that worked out for the Blazers in, in that game a couple months ago. But, like, Evan Turner needs to have the ball in his hands, and he needs to have good shooters around him. Like, the the lineup with the starters and Evan Turner instead of Mo, even though I don't want Evan Turner to be starting, it plays well because he has CJ and Dame to pass it to. But if if you have that same, li- same lineup and you have Dame playing the point and Evan Turner running around, like... He's just useless in those situations. So, I, I mean, I want more Evan Turner, but there's no reason to have him in the lineup if there's not great shooters like Seth Curry and Lehman or Damon CJ in there with him. Uh, it's, it's just not going to work out. Well, so then uh, what are we looking at? The Spurs, the Nuggets? I mean, shoot, we could we could go into all those. Honestly, I I feel good about the Spurs. There's three things against this about the Spurs that I'm scared of, and that's DeRozan, Aldridge, and Popovich. Like if Popovich finds a way to play effective playoff basketball with his current roster, he's the one who's going to be able to do it. You know, um, but I'm not significantly scared of the Spurs. Um, but the Nuggets. I mean, the Nuggets are scary. They're extremely deep, and they finally have their whole team together. Uh, but as far as the Blazers, like, I just, everyone's well, no, been talking think, about the, the playoff experience of the Nuggets, and I don't think that's that's the biggest factor. I think it might prevent them from winning the NBA Finals, but I don't think that's going to prevent them from getting out of the first round no matter who they're against. Um, so, I mean, I, I I still like the Blazers' chances against the Nuggets, but I think I think there's four teams that can come out of the West, and that's pretty much the Warriors, Thunder, Blazers, or Nuggets. That's That's my opinion on it. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't think Houston has a legitimate shot? I don't think so. I don't think they can keep it up for multiple series because um, for them it's all about the shot falling, and we saw how that went in Game Seven last year against the Warriors, and now they don't have those defensive wings to make up for it when the shots aren't falling. So um, I think they could. I mean, I I think anyone could potentially win any individually individual playoff round. Um, the West is just that good, but. Um, I just don't see him. Yeah, I, I just don't see him keeping that pace that effectively for multiple rounds. 
Well, you know, I think looking at the Spurs, uh, they're like you said, there's just those three cats you got to worry about between uh, Lamarcus and 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 Demar and and Popovich. But you know, they're bottom uh, 15 in, in points per game. Um, their defensive rating is is uh, let's see. Oh, I'm sorry, they're bottom 15 in the league in uh, points per game, pace, and defensive rating. Um, so. And they're also 24th in offensive rebounds. So this is definitely another opportunity where, as opposed to Houston, where we would be sacrificing by having the third heaviest guy in the league on the floor, um, they got some big guys they keep in the front. Now, they're mobile, but they're clearly not doing work on the offensive glass. So um, I think that's an opportunity for Nurk to capitalize if we do find ourselves in that situation. Um, the Nuggets, uh, you read my mind. Uh, I was going to hit on that inexperienced thing, but I think uh, I would agree with you to some extent. I think it has played out a little bit. Um, I think that, um, you know, they got it, it, albeit not championship experience. He's, I think he's, he's not afraid of the big moment. I think he'll be able to, uh, help them out a little bit, but still definitely, um, definitely not, um, veterans by any means at that, at that playoff level. What do you think, Keith? I'm not afraid of the Spurs at all. I, I, I feel like LaMarcus, uh, between, the stuff that we've heard about him kind of almost pining to come back to Portland at certain points. Uh, and DeRozan, I, I've, it's not that he's a bad player. I just don't think that in the playoffs that his game is either he, his or Aldridge's game is effective to center an offense around. Popovich is always going to be scary. What he can do with the team, especially when you fill in Patty Mills and some other, other role players are certainly talented NBA uh, level players, but I just, I don't know. I'm not sure if I see them as much of a threat. Denver, on the other hand, I feel like Denver is not quite as much of a nightmare matchup as OKC for us, but they kind of just, they, they bring a lot of things that we can't match consistently. I, I worry about, I worry about the matchup with us, but at the same time, I think this playoff experience thing is a real thing. I I think it's a a real issue that a team like Denver outside of matching up with Portland, I don't think they're going to have a very easy road. I think all these other teams are going to know how to kind of pick them apart. And I think when you get to the playoffs, it is just a different game. And a lot of the players might not be, uh, ready for it if they haven't experienced it before. That's fair. Yeah. Well, and you know, there's one last uh, optimistic statistics that I want to share here. Um, yes. You know, the the one team that I haven't really gone down the line is uh, our own. Um, so, you know, offensive rating wise, we're we're currently listed fifth in the league. Um, defensively, we're 15th. So, you know, we're we're not bad. Uh, but you know, uh, only bottom 20 statistics for us are assists and steals. Um, and I did happen to see, you know, when, when we watch these tough losses, the ball does tend to slow down a little bit in terms of moving around. Um, I don't mind when CJ gets, uh, his shot and he doesn't really look to distribute, but it just can't happen. Uh, you know, in the first five seconds of the shot clock, we just can't have that. Uh, if he ends up being the guy in the last 12 to just make something happen, so be it. Um, you know, we already discussed the, the, efficiency at the free throw line the most important statistic i think that has gone unnoted going into the playoffs is that we are currently fifth in the league in attendance um modicena faithful mm. um if we are able to somehow regain that home court advantage i think that that's that's going to be a huge thing for our team you know it's it might not necessarily be a huge thing for other other squads but um i have i have very strong feelings that that is a uh, huge proponent to our success here going forward in the playoffs yeah. Okay. Well, you mentioned uh, two things. I want to that that kind of made me perk up a little bit here. The bad one first, CJ. 
Uh, I'm completely with you. I the, the I think the biggest flaw in our offense right now is CJ taking early threes in the shot clock. The, these kind of like transition threes trying to get down. It's not a good shot for him. I don't care how open he thinks he is. It's I, I the number of times I've seen it clang off. And you know it's missing before it's even gotten anywhere near the rim. I'm okay with him taking those shots as a heat check when he's already in rhythm, already feeling good. But CJ is a rhythm player. He's one of these guys that needs the ball, needs the dribbles, needs to kind of like cook around for a while before you really see him just light up. And those threes are not the answer for him. The mm-hmm. other side of it, though, the assists. You mentioned that, what, we're bottom 20 in the league in assists? 24th. 24th. Oh, that hurts. Okay, so as far as the, the offense defense, we always hear this trope that, an excellent offense with an average defense is how you win. So I feel like we are on the right track for that. The assist, though, I think I saw a record the other night. We are 21-5 and five when we have 25 or more assists. Uh-huh. When we move the ball around, especially now with the added depth that we have, you saw it even in the, in the game against the Thunder last night. Early in the game, when we were moving the ball, it's an unstoppable force between Damon, CJ, and our wing players out on the outside and just the number of players that we have that can cut to the rim, dive in there, and still be capable passers. Like if Nurk is getting two guys coming at him, it's an easy pass off to Chief or to, to Mo Harkless. I it's got to... Like- it's got to be a little bit of a relief for uh, Olshay because you know what if his the qualms we've heard here in years past is you know we need the depth. Okay, right. now we got the now we got the depth. So mm-hmm. he's he's probably sitting there kind of washing his hands a little bit, going, "All right, you know yeah, what are, what are we going to do with this now?" But the problem for Olshay, I think, is going to be that the way he set this up is not going to be permanent. We can't hold on to mm-hmm. Seth Curry if he plays well. Yeah. We're going to have trouble holding on to I think Enos Canner as well on a number of oh, others. Yeah. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the offseason. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah I, I'm, I'm not sure exactly how that will go. But as far as the playoffs, man, I, I'm not really too afraid of many of these teams outside of Thunder and, and Denver, let's say. Those, those are the really the big worries. Oh, gosh, how about that? We talked earlier about Thunder versus Golden State. Who do we fear more? Denver versus Golden State. I'm not really sure if I'm more afraid of Golden State. I feel like we are the David to their Goliath. I feel like this could work in our favor. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like when uh, when you got the, you know, you get you get the big project dropped in your lap and then you got seven other little ones to do. Sometimes it's easier to just <laughs> knock the big one out first. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Actually, also, yeah, I'm right. sorry if I have like cursed your podcast by saying they were going to beat Golden State. If this if this goes <laughs> <fast, but. laughs> more more wood knocking. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I look at this team and it's like you were saying with CJ, like making some questionable decisions early on in the shot clock. There's a lot of players where I'm like, this is the guy that I want doing this and not this. And, and I think, yeah. And I think Stotts has a really tough job of figuring out the correct people to put in, in the right situations. Cause I want Evan Turner only if he has the ball in his hands, I don't want Mo to have the ball in his hands ever, unless he's about to shoot it. Uh, I, I don't want an <laughs> canter in there unless, you know, unless he's all offense and he's the focal point there. Like there's so many players where it's like, they need to be doing this to be effective. Um, and it, it's awesome to have that many options. Um, but I, I, the pressure's on for Terry Stotts. And, and like you said in, in your podcast, I mean, you can't overlook the fact he was just February's coach of the month. The guy's a great coach. He's figuring things out with new players. Um, but the, the pressure's on, I think uh, it falls onto his shoulders in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Okay, two things here real fast. Uh, as far as Stotts, I believe I heard that he's the only coach in NBA history to get Coach of the Month in each of his first six years as a head coach. Mm. Wow. That's uh, awesome. So 
again, you know, I mean, I was almost going to say don't quote me, but we're obviously recording this. So, Ew. Uh, but I, I, I'm pretty sure I heard that the other day and I haven't completely researched it myself, but that's a pretty nice feat if it's gotten there. And even if he's not the only one, I'm still pretty proud of the fact that he's gotten in every year at some point of the season. Yeah. The other one. Uh, oh, gosh, dang it. Oh, it slipped my mind. What did you just mention there before before stats? You mentioned uh, uh, just each player having a specific role and I want them doing this and not that. Yeah, yeah, it was something about. Oh, yeah, that's that's exactly what it was. I feel like Stotts, as much as I love him as a coach, he's an excellent coach. But I feel like one of the issues that he has is he's not going to make those decisions for the players. This is kind of almost more up to the players to kind of realize, mm. you know, like for Chief, oh, I'm not a ball handler, you know, or or maybe you know, at certain times I'm yeah. not as much a shooter. I feel like with CJ and with ET, we need to see more of that growth from the players. Uh, Stotts is less likely to kind of call them out and say, this is your role. He's more likely to maybe, maybe stand there with his arms crossed and kind of give that like a, that kind of Skeeter uh, image he has going there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's definitely uh, an even kill guy. I, I, yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've watched, you know, the cut scene where we start hearing the T- TNT music or the M- uh, NBC uh, Northwest music starting to turn on right as uh, there's kind of a, a, a hot, um, feud going on on the court and we see we see it dissipating and walking towards the bench and Stotts looks like he's walking into like a floral shop <laughs> he is that dude he doesn't oh. he's like you know what that's up to you guys especially if it's especially if it's the starting lineup anyone in the starting lineup he's uh you know what and, and maybe that's been a large uh, part of his success yeah uh so as Blazers fans we've talked about the potential matchups all that what should we be rooting for going into the postseason? What I'm what I'm rooting for, the way I look at it, it's three through six is fairly set. It could obviously change. People could drop into two, uh, two and seven. Um, but it seems like Utah is probably going to stay at the six seed. Seems like Rockets, Thunder, and Portland is more likely to switch between each other. So for me, obviously this is going to sound like the easy option, but well, not the easy option, uh, the ideal option. I want to get to the three seed and face the Jazz because I don't want to get stuck in the five seed or the four seed against the Thunder. Um, I think our best option is to do whatever we can to get to the three seed to face the Jazz. You know, I'm, I might prefer the Rockets over the Jazz. I don't know, but um, I think it's more likely they'll be at the six seed and we should do everything we can to get to that three seed. Obviously, we should anyway, but yeah, I think that's what we should be rooting for as fans. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you pretty much 100% on that. I feel like the three seed is the most realistic option, realistic goal for us at this point. Mm-hmm. I was holding out hope for a while that we were going to climb up to the second, uh, that the <laughs> Nuggets didn't have that much of a lead. I'm feeling a little less optimistic uh, on, on that one. At this point. Drop uh, into fifth quickly just like <laughs> dropped my hopes there. Yeah, I don't know. But that could flip just as quick. Look, we've exactly. got, what, Phoenix uh, Phoenix tomorrow night. I'll be out there at that I'll, game. I'll uh, be there. We should meet up. Oh, nice, nice. Hey, okay, yo. well, hey, man, I'm up in 334. Uh, oh, I'm right over by Pines. Oh, we can definitely meet up for that. 324, ew. And I'm, in, and I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, so I'll be watching yeah. all the sad locals. Are you really in Phoenix? Yes, sir. Dude, right on. Yeah. So I lived in Phoenix for about a decade. I went to ASU back in the day. Uh, no, you at, didn't. Uh, yeah, I did. Dude, I that's to... where I'm, I'm finishing up right now. Uh, we just become best friends? <laughs> 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 uh, I lived off a uh, down on Fogel, down off a uh, Southern, uh, Southern McClintock. Okay. So it's not yeah. far off campus there. Lived there yeah. for about a decade, man. Love that area. I miss Phoenix a lot. But so yeah. I'm looking forward to the game tonight. It's just kind of like I, I lived down there when we had Nash and uh, 
Grant Hill, Amari Stoudemire. Like, we had a stacked team. So it, it was really nice. And then right after that, I moved back here to Portland uh, after all the kind of nightmare and saw kind of Brennan Roy and Aldridge and all the rest of it. So it, I timed it well, I think. Yeah, um, so we should – so moral of the story is we need you to stay in Portland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'll be there for that game tomorrow. And I don't know exactly the rest of our schedule, but I feel like we had a really tough first half of the season schedule. I feel like we're going to do pretty well on the rest. We tend to have these surges in the latter half of the season. Mm-hmm. I think last year was like a 13-game streak. Was that right? <laughs> I, I put on Twitter, I was like, hey, last year we had a 13-game streak. This year our team's better, and we just had two tough losses. We're motivated. Right. Let's go 18 straight. Do it. <laughs> so so do to, it. Your question, to finish it off here, Christian, your question being uh, mm-hmm. the ideal finish, obviously I'm with you guys. It would be great if we could end up in the third seed and, and be matched up against the Jazz or Houston. Um, what I see potentially happening, and me being all right with would be um, us just jockeying up to the fourth um, and at least having home through the first round um, and and being matched up with Houston um, and just having Houston just kind of dwindle a little bit in their in their hot streak here recently um, and just kind of flip flopping wherever this what those standings are right now. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be cool with Houston. I just want to avoid yeah. uh, avoid the Thunder in the first round. I don't want to repeat the last uh, last year's playoffs. Uh, yeah. I feel like anything else works for us, and it, you know, second round is a must. We got yeah. yeah. So thank you guys so much for listening to us today. Yeah. Uh, as always, uh, you know, thanks Keith for joining us, dude. That's awesome. Seriously, thank you thank so you much. Thank you guys. Thank yeah, you so you- much for having me on. Really appreciate it. Yep, you're you're welcome back anytime, dude. Um, as for our listeners, you can find us on any major streaming platform, uh, you know, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, all that jazz. Uh, follow us on Twitter, uh, Instagram, Peeps and Plaid, um, and uh, yeah. And thanks for listening. Follow Trailcasters. Yes. Of course. Everything. What do you got? Yeah. What do you got? Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, uh, shout out to my partner at Goldner PDX, Brandon Goldner. He's a, a wonderful co-host, and I am at Rip City Keith. You can find our stuff at Trailcasters. We try and put out. At least an episode a week. We've been trying to get to two, but you know it's it's tough doing that when you have a, a full time job during the daytime. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for having me on, you guys. We tried this a few times. I'm glad we finally made it work. I've been like waiting to get on here with you guys, so thank you, and I'll, I'll be waiting for the next opportunity. Yeah, it's great having you. Yeah, so thank you all for listening. Uh, we got some music by Ziggy Zay. Yes. Definitely check him out on Spotify. Yeah, we run it up to the max. Running straight ahead, we ain't never looking back. They try to tell me it's a road like I'm Jack, Jack. But I ain't never leaving trying to put us on the map So we run it, yeah, we run it, run it, run it, run it, run it, run it We run it up, run it, run it, run it, run it, run it, run it, run it We run it up Yeah, we run it up, yeah, we run it to the bank Ay, Yeah, we turn it up, yeah, we turn it to the crank okay. Fly Lil Robin and we in that Bruce Wayne Bo- Boating to the bad like the name was Usain Yeah, we R-U-N-I-T-U-P Run it up Running up the score, balling on these new teams On a new thing, and it don't have no hoop teams nah. Still shooting shots, and if I miss no moves, swings Got a gift, and I'ma use it step by step I got the blueprint to success, I thought you knew it You was next, and now you blew it Talking cream, I got the cool whip I'm the teacher, you the student You gonna ask why, is this rap, I speak it fluent Ain't no miscues or issues, change if I diss you You gonna come at me, just know nobody gonna miss you Ain't no miscues or issues, change if I diss you You gonna come at me, just know nobody gonna miss you nah. Yeah, we run it up to the max running straight ahead we ain't never looking back they try to tell me it's the road like i'm jack but i ain't never leaving